Good evening. You are listening to a Rattlegion Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV party tonight. <coughs> Fuck, I did the wrong intro. <laughs> whoops <laughs> I, I mean they're all streaming <laughs> you know what's funny is i i there's a part of me that's just like i i need to start over again but we're live we're live want to edit so hey take two you are listening to a rattle and broadcasting premiere podcast triple feature I'm your host, a man, data reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And tonight on the marquee, I can't believe I did that. Like, and you wonder why I was giggling the entire time. I, I wow. Anyway, I um, watched all these movies on my TV. Yeah, technically, it's technically I did not. Did you know that we actually used to do that? Um, we we were when we started like doing reviews of streaming movies. Like, if it was on Netflix, it counted as a TV party. When we did Lords of Chaos on Hulu. Like, oh, that's a TV party because it's on TV. And then I was like, no, movies are movies and TV is TV. Yeah, you understand. Anyway. <laughs> I want I, can I take a second to really admire the fact that you're in a theater right now? <laughs> I mean it And took for a Mark, TV party tonight. Right. <laughs> it took Mark this long, but after 10, 15 years of podcasting, he's able to rent out an entire theater to do a show. Okay, first of all, it's like 16 years. Second of all, yeah, this is all mine. I'm sorry, I don't know the intimate history of Mark. <laughs> Actually, I just check know. the Wikipedia page. Yeah, I'm making one tonight. Blog Talk Radio created this ability to do podcasts, and this asshole found it. And it's been downhill ever since. The medium never quite recovered. Anyway. Why do you think I quit? Because <laughs> I ran you off. No. Um, me and Mark Russell together. More Mark Russell. Fair enough. I was just listening to Billionaire Island. It was good. It was a fun show. You could tell like when I'm really excited about something because I don't shut the fuck up. I listened to myself on that. So I was like, my God, let Evan talk. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot to say. Hey, I'm just glad to be here on the Metal Hammer of Doom. Correct. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, got my rib. Oh, All right. right on the History of Boxing podcast, we will be talking about... <laughs> Prisoners, I do so many of these. <laughs> Prisoners yes. of the Ghostland, uh, starring Nicolas Cage. Shadow in the Cloud, starring Chloe Grace Moretz, and Out of Death, starring a very old Bruce Willis and Jamie King, who isn't as old. Um, and why are we here, Evan? Um, well, I, I guess it's my fault. Yes, it is your fault. Uh, tell us, Evan. Tell us why. Well, okay. Several months ago. I uh, decided to watch Army of Dead, Army of the Dead on Netflix. And I saw that it was two and a half hours. And I'm like, that's ah, not happening tonight. <laughs> but Hulu had a movie called Shadow in the Cloud that was 83 minutes. And uh, ever since then, I've been trying to get other people to watch Shadow in the Cloud. And I said, hey, we, you guys ought to watch this movie. 
And then uh, a couple months ago, I was in Walmart, and I saw that Nicolas Cage had a new movie I'd never heard of before, which is par for the course with Nicolas Cage these days. And uh, the blurb on the cover, instead of being from a critic, was Nicolas Cage going, this is the craziest movie I've ever been involved in. I said, that seems like a pretty high bar. So I sent it to the group chat. And uh, at some point, I got a message back from you that said, uh, okay, Prisoners of the Ghostland, Shadow in the Cloud, what can we do to make it a triple feature? And I said, well, Bruce Willis seems to take checks to make make movies on the weekend where he plays a nearly retired or recently retired cop. I'm sure there's one of those streaming somewhere. And uh, and we got out of that. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, I, I realized after watching it didn't really fit thematically, but... Yes, I, it did. Yes, I, I, I went. I went with. I went by the uh, synopsis and the fact that while I was pretty sure I knew who Jamie King was, uh, there was like a twenty-five percent chance that I was mixed up, and it was Jamie Presley from My Name Is Earl. <laughs> I wish it would have been. Not, not that I have anything against Jamie King, but I was just kind of hoping that when she witnessed the murder, she would go, "Oh snap!" <laughs> so that's what brings us together in the Church of Movies today. <clears throat> is Evan Bevins watches movies and decided, hey, I'd like to talk about one or two of these. And I said, actually, that, that's always how it goes. Somebody says to me, I'd like to talk about this. And I go, well, what about all the things? And they're like, why do I even talk to you? I uh, turned around and I looked. I said, hey, hey, Mark, I really kind of want to, first of all, I want to thank you all for being on the Screaming Boy podcast tonight. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I said, I'd kind of like to get back into, to, uh, you know, ease back into podcasting a little bit. He said, great. Here's six shows I want you on in January. And I went, <laughs> two of these are triple features. Here's your list. Here's your list. <laughs> Welcome back, fuckface. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what it felt like. And then he kicked me in the nuts. <laughs> Some language. All right. Um, <laughs> You're talking like a World War II soldier. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with Prisoners of the Ghost Land, which is a 2021 American horror western mashup directed by Sion Sono from a script by Aaron Hendry and Reza Sikso Safai. Uh, stars the aforementioned Nicolas Cage, uh, Sophia Butella, and Bill Mosley. And the plot revolves around a notorious criminal who is Nicolas Cage, who is sent to rescue the governor's adopted granddaughter, who has disappeared into the dark region called Ghost Land. All right, so. Here's what happens in this movie. And I really do have to read the plot synopsis because I didn't understand a fucking thing that was going on in this movie. Good grief. Other than Nick Cage blew his balls off. That's about it. Uh, just one. Just one. His ball. His... <laughs> Singular. In a region in, in Japan, devastated and quarantined years ago, in an ancient, uh, in an accident in which highly volatile nuclear waste was spilled after a crash between the waste transport and a prison bus, a settlement called Samurai Town is ruled by an unscrupulous governor who has blended ele elements of Japanese society, both modern and pre-modern, and the old American West together at his whim, like you do, and is keeping a harem of adopted granddaughters, quote-unquote, as his sex slaves. Arr. This oh, is the kind no, of... No. If they if they wrote a book with just that part of it, it's the kind of book my wife would read. Arr. Um, she likes naughty books, Ronnie Adams. That's not something books. I need to know about her. Let's talk about my wife's nasty reading habits. Um, by the way, real quick. So on the um on the actual TV party tonight where we reviewed day one, um, <laughs> Evan, tell tell me if you've ever done this uh in in your in your life. 
Um, so my wife made a charcuterie board uh, that we ate during the actual like watching of day one, right? And I'm on the podcast review with the Podsman, Chris, B- Chris Bailey and Christian. And I, I I brought that up and I was just like, my wife made a wonderful charcuterie board. If anyone would like to taste my wife's charcuterie. And of course, everyone laughs because, you know, obviously I'm making an innuendo. And out and Chris Bailey burst out with, I would love to taste your wife's charcuterie. Oh, my God. And I'm cracking up laughing. Chris, she and slightly, you know, anxious about the whole thing. And we all had a good laugh about it. And then we moved on. I'm driving. I'm driving home. My wife's in the passenger seat, and uh, and I'm listening back to the podcast. And she hears me do that. And my wife's not like a hitter, but she hears me do that joke. And she's like, "Oh!" And she like she it's like she knows me. She knows my sense of humor. She's like, "Why would you say something like that? What's wrong with you?" And then she hears Chris Bailey go, "I would love to taste your wife's charcuterie," and starts beating me about the arm and shoulders. (laughs) Good for her. Don't you? I mean, you see where I'm coming from, from though, Evan, right? (laughs) <laughs> um well you really put evan on the spot right there didn't you <laughs> yeah evan's like no asshole no <laughs> <laughs> not not even close anyway enough about my wife's charcuterie um, so then your wife made you wear a leather bomb infused suit yeah, right and <laughs> blew off one of my balls um i, I do want to say that i'm glad i put parental advisory on my stream tonight <laughs> <laughs> yeah hi i'm yeah. mark we met um <laughs> The outside is a wasteland known as ghostland, inhabited by half-crazed outcasts and victims of irradiated of the irradiated environment. Just before the catastrophe, Hero, a criminal, was imprisoned in the aftermath of a botched bank robbery, where his partner Psycho brutally murdered several innocent bystanders. It is later revealed that Psycho was in, in a prison transport, which con- collided with the waste truck, and thus set off the disaster. One night, Bernice, one of the granddaughters, flees from Governor's house. With her friend Stella, 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 Stella! Uh, only to get stranded in the ghost land. The governor has Hero released uh, to retrieve Bernice from the ghost land and outfits him with a bodysuit, as Evan Bevins mentioned, which is set to detonate explosive charges in case he mistreats Bernice in any way. The suit itself is tampered with, or Bernice has not been rescued within five days. So we have a nice ticking clock here with this movie. When departing, Hiro undertakes a parting gesture of defiance against the governor, which impresses Yasujiro, the governor's samurai bodyguard, whose sister is one of the governor's granddaughters. Upon entering the ghost land, Hiro is intercepted by a band of mutated men, suffers an accident, and is taken by the outcasts to their cult-like enclave and their leader, Enoch. He finds Bernice among them, but she is half catatonic from trauma. As he prepares to transport her back, Hero accidentally triggers one of its explosives, which destroys one of his testicles and renders him unconscious. Only unconscious, by the way. You blow off your balls, you know, slight migraine, maybe. You can tell Nicolas Cage had a ball with that scene. (laughs) (laughs) Get out. A little delay Lord. there. Anyway, um, in a nightmare flashback, Hero recognizes Bernice as a young girl whose mother was killed while he tried to escape the police after the bank robbery, and who was subsequently taken in by the governor. Attacked by the mutants from earlier, Hero is rendered unconscious when an explosive on his arm is set off just before the assailants vanish. Uh, however, the detonation takes shakes Bernice from her catatonia. 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 
Meanwhile, Stella returns. lovely in the summer. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Stella returns from the ghost land and is captured by the governor's men, who has Yasujiro, Yas, yeah, Yasujiro execute her, but finally turns him against the governor, having had a revelation during his unconsciousness about the, his accidental role in the cataclysm. Hero stirs the Ghostlanders into a revolt against the governor. Aided by Psycho and the mutants, his fellow convicts uh, from the fateful accident, Hero and Bernice return to Samurai Town, but when the governor refuses to unlock the suit and Hero pretends to take Bernice hostage, Bernice's friend Susie Q, traumatized from the governor's treatment of her, massacres several of his bodyguards with a minigun like you do. Hero, Bernice, Yasujiro overcome the remainder, then Hero faces off against and kills Yasujiro while Bernice shoots the governor. With the oppressors dead, yay! And the outcasts liberated, yay! Hero, Bernice, and Susie watch as Samurai Town begins to stir with new, freer life. Evan Bevins, how wonderful is this movie? <laughs> well, it was to go to him first. I'll tell you. I, uh, I originally ordered this from the library. And uh, it came faster than I expected, and I didn't have time to watch it. So then I considered uh, renting it on Amazon Prime, which would have been like seven bucks. And then I found out it was on Redbox. It's like two bucks. But then Redbox says, hey, do you want to buy this? And I'm like, yeah, it's a weird Nicolas Cage movie. I'm doing a podcast. No, I don't think I will. So, um, <laughs> so I paid a buck 85 for it. And uh, that is the best decision I have made in the year 2022. Oh. Bless your heart. I have never been happier to have only paid $2 to to watch a movie. Um, Yeah. Uh, I mean, Nicolas Cage was Nicolas Cajun. And, and, I mean, he he, he didn't phone this in. And, um, yeah, I'm I'm glad you you came up with that summary because it it helped me understand um, a few things. I was operating under the assumption that this movie was set in post-apocalyptic San Francisco, which was the setting of Big Hero 6. Um, I did have to check IMDb to make sure Jim Carrey wasn't playing the governor. Um, I mean, they got, they got Nick Cage. Who knows? Um, I, there's a lot of stuff I, I didn't understand. I mean, there, there's things I wanted to like. I like the idea of a guy, um, you know, who... Uh, who's basically been a selfish scumbag uh, coming to the realization that uh, he's hurt people and is now in a position to help people. Um, And yeah. (laughs) Ronnie Adams of the screaming boy podcast. No, no longer. (laughs) You'll always be Ronnie Adams of the screaming boy podcast. (laughs) God forbid I have to do your, (laughs) how I'm doing it. Okay. Whatever. Here lies Ronnie Adams of the Screaming Boy podcast. He was good yeah. to his mother. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, what I think of it? That would be nice. It was a movie. Uh, no. <laughs> it <was> shot on <laughs> film. It was shot on film. <laughs> Definitely had Nicolas Cage in it. Um, okay, let me tell you this. I've seen some weird Nicolas Cage movies in the past. <laughs> I've seen... Uh, what was the the Shadow of the Vampire? Is that what it's called? I, I forget. Yeah, I think so. yeah where he or... thinks he's a vampire. Uh, and I've seen the Five Night at Freddy's knockoff. Willy, Willy's Wonderland. Willy's Wonderland. Saw that. Willy's Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff that is like, wow, that's really out there. 
This hands down beats every one of them in the what the crap am I watching factor. <laughs> because until, legitimately, and I'm not saying this to be funny at all, I, until you gave that synopsis, I had no clue what I watched. Because the, the story was everywhere. Nicholas Cage was Nicholas Cage be Nicholas Cajun. And uh, I mean, like it was, you know, little kids with masks on their back of their head, um, which there was no explanation for. Right. Right. Nothing. They were just hot. I I didn't even wonder about that. There were so many other things I didn't understand. (laughs) Okay. in, In the middle of a bank robbery where there's, you know, guns going off, people are screaming. This little kid turns around to a guy that's pointing a gun to him and says, they're delicious. I'll give you one and offer him a gumball. Never seen a kid react like that to a gun being pointed in his face. <laughs> um, Wait, how many kids have you seen guns pointed in their face? You just mind your business, Evan. And um, <laughs> I've known at least one or two. <laughs> but uh, it, it was just one of those things where, like, this was not even avant garde. This was just weird. This was just the weirdest movie I've ever seen. According, you know, like in this genre, and I mean, it just kind of left me. It kind of left me dull. I mean, like, like what? What? There, there was nothing really other than questions, and they weren't the good kind. They were just like, "What is this? What is happening? Why am I doing this? Why does Mark hate me? Um, <laughs> Why did he fight Yasujiro?" Right. I mean, okay. So the guy plays like. Brings him a car. It was that Yasu. I mean, like, so yeah, the, that was that was Yasu. Yeah, the brings him a car is basically helping through the whole thing, and then they just end up fighting each other in the end. Was it and honor? Where, and where did he get the gauntlet sword? <laughs> I don't know where he got that. I mean, he just puts a motorcycle helmet on, starts doing moves that you know is not Nicolas Cage, um, with the sword and everything, and then like the people of the city attack him, and he starts mowing them down. And it feels like, uh, were we in the old West? Were we in feudal Japan? Were we in, you know, San Francisco or whatever it was called? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to know at this point because I want to forget this movie. Let me tell you how if Evan Bevins comes into my office, right? He comes into no pants productions, which is the, which is the name of my fictional movie studio. Okay. Okay, it wasn't my first choice. I'm gonna just just lay that out there right yeah, now. No, no, he's already been to he's been to Warner Brothers, he's been to Disney, he's been to Universal, and they all said no. So and they looked at him and said, There's this dude with no no trousers on. Go check him out. They're like, there's this questionable movie studio in a really dark part of Los Angeles called No Pants. And and Evan Bevan's like, I have this idea of like a samurai western mashup. And it's the old trope of the criminal who has to fight for his freedom by going on a quest to bring back the princess, you know, back to the town governor. And I'm like, that's great. Here's 10 bucks. Go make that movie. Right. So it's like Shrek. Yeah, basically. Okay. And it's like as as an elevator pitch, if Evan Bevins comes into No Pants Productions and is like, that's the movie I want to make. Yeah, I want to make that movie, too. What's weird about the prisoners of go- of the ghost? What's weird about prisoners of the Ghostland is how they took a rock solid, fun, crazy premise with tons of potential and did nothing with it. Here's what here. Okay, you hit the nail on the head. 
because it wasn't a big budget production whatsoever. And most of their budget probably went to Nicolas Cage, which went to his lawyers. So I can't find um, the budget, but it made $63,000, which I make more than that in a year. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Me too. <laughs> see, this, see this schlub that works in an office? He made more money than what you're... The major motion picture. <laughs> I put in more money than a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> anyway, so what they did was here's this rock solid elevator pitch. Here's 150 grand, an eight ball of Coke. Go do your magic. <laughs> <laughs> Is that and on they the did. writer? That, has yeah. to be, that had to be in catering, was an eight ball of Coke. <laughs> It's where's the coquette between the bananas and the sushi? <laughs> that's what that is. That's what it felt like, you know. <laughs> Just people of coke. <laughs> oh how is it gonna help us make this movie? How is it not gonna help <laughs> you make this movie? <laughs> you can make movies without it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, look, this movie drags a lot. And and Nicholas Cage, like if you saw him in Willy's Wonderland, where he has no dialogue, he's he's playing a mute. Um, you know, he has to act a lot with his face. I mentioned this with Pig as well. You know, Nicholas Cage is playing moat with his face like no other actor I've seen of late. He's really really good. You know, his eyes are very expressive, so you can get a lot out of Nick Cage just making funny faces. Nick and Cage is an, is a, is actually an excellent actor. Oh sure, no no doubt. Um, I think I think he gets pigeonholed into a lot of into a lot of crap because I all, think he everyone, just owes a lot of people a lot of money. Well, that he does. But um, <laughs> Whitney Seibel made sure to tell me that when I was like, "Does he owe people money?" Yes, you yeah. dick. Oh, that's how I feel bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oops. It's like, oops. It's, like, it's like last night when Robert Cooper was like Kobe, and I'm like, "Oh, is he still playing for the Lakers?" I forgot he was fucking dead. Oh my um, God, dude. <laughs> Oopsie. Dude, now you know how it feels to watch this movie for the first time. <laughs> Bit of a leap. Um, yeah. That's, look, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly on this. Nick Cage is, is, is doing his level best to be entertaining in it, but there's nothing to it. It drags in the middle. Sophia Butella is utterly wasted. Like, if you have, if you have, if you're lucky enough to have uh, Sophia Butella. In the move in your movie, don't make her catatonic. Or if you're going to make her catatonic, don't make her say. catatonic for most of the picture. For God's sake! I mean, okay, she played Gazelle in in Kingsman, mm -hmm. and she did an excellent job in that. But you could tell it was like one of her first roles, I think. Yeah. But man, she has gone leaps and bounds from there. Mm -hmm. um, no pun intended for, to what she you know what she played, but uh, in Kingsman. But it, it like, but she was absolutely terribly wasted through this whole movie and then this whole thing it's like they they sh so remember that time that evan bevins and his friends made a movie and they just grabbed a camcorder and ran to the local park that's feel that feels like how this movie was shot. how did you know yeah because i know we you. all did it we all I three did i it. see you evan i see you um so we, we all three were those kids <laughs> but like, like in all seriousness like this movie felt like they just ran, like, and I can kind of respect this, but it doesn't make it doesn't make for a very dynamic, aesthetically pleasing picture when it just feels like they just all hopped out of their car, Marx Brothers style, and shot the first location they saw that there were no cops around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
I, I will say it, it kind of felt at times like somebody had some idea what they were doing, but they weren't mm -hmm. communicating it to me. I, I but yeah. like, like the, that somebody was like, okay, well, this is why this is happening. Mm -hmm. And it made sense to them. Maybe the eight ball was involved. I don't know. <laughs> but 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 I feel like some somebody understood it. Yeah. No. There there's definitely like a vision and a perspective here. And like I love the idea of like let's do a samurai you know western mashup. But like if you're if you're selling me on that point, like I want to do a half samurai half western, then you know the, the it was like well we can't really dress this town up. We can't do anything with the setting. What if we have a bunch of geisha girls giggling for a good 30 minutes of this picture? Like, what was that? <laughs> that is somebody Sorry, with a weird impression of what it's fine. Um but... that is somebody with a weird impression of what Japanese culture is. <laughs> you know, like when I think of the Japanese, I think of sushi and giggling. The fuck? <laughs> like I don't think of it. anime is what you're thinking. <laughs> it's okay. Oh god. Maybe I, the governor was really into anime and got a good deal on nuclear fallout uh, affected property. Maybe. In a oh. so, so there's a lot like Ambulance coming out later this year. It's actually a remake of a Dutch film. Um and they, there's been uh, a couple That's of different go well. It'll be fine. It'll be Michael Bay. Um, we're, me and you were going to talk about it. That's that. that that's another. It, oh, Mark. that one. That one. It looks yeah. good. I saw the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. That's that another good. Ronnie and Mark joint. We're leaving Robert off of that one because we both decided that Robert and Michael Bay. We don't want to see Robert die early, so we're just going to leave him off of that show. We won't see anybody die early. That's why we leave him off the but, show. Um. But yeah, this was made by like a X Y Z, which I think is like a German production company. Um, they, that they're, makes sense. This, yeah, this is made by, uh, by my count nine production companies in the opening <laughs> yeah. credits. Yeah, really. Um, I think this was. Uh, if you I, had nine production companies, <laughs> something has gone. It just says the mob on it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only right. way they can get it. XYZ Films. I'm oh, sorry. It's an American film production company and sales company founded in 2008 by Aram. Uh, Turt Zakian, Nate Bolton, and Nick Spicer, based in Los Angeles. It focuses on international genre films like The Raid Redemption, The Raid 2, and On the Job. Some other movies of note from this past year. Uh, this might sound familiar to you. Um, no Man of God, uh, Paper Tigers, Stowaway, which we reviewed here. That was Paper me and Tigers Jeff was good. Um, Stowaway was the Anna Kendrick science fiction movie where yeah. oh, yeah. trapped on the... Um, on the space station. So a lot of this stuff like ends up on Netflix. Uh, in any case, where I was going with that was, um, uh, so this, I, I want to see this movie like remade by like a, like a good production company. Like I want someone like to buy the rights to it and just start again. Cause it, it's such a fun idea. And I think somebody like, can you imagine like a Guillermo del Toro, you know, somebody who, uh, really has a good eye for like stagecraft and you know, building really, really interesting and fun, um, exquisite sets. Mm -hmm. So imagine your samurai western mashup town, but it's done by a guy who's an actual artist, as opposed and to some guy who filmed this, you know, on 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 like Sony's backlot, and a writer that does isn't doing this all the time. So. So what I'm telling, so th this, this, you know, you say that, Ronnie, but this movie doesn't even have like, 
like it's writer? not coherent. No, no, no. I'm I, where I'm agreeing with you is the movie's not coherent narratively. It's not. But how do you? How is it not coherent and boring all at the same time? There's like long stretch of this movie where nothing happens. The most exciting thing that happened in this movie until you got to the fight scene, the the long drawn out, overwrought action scene at the end is Nick Cage blowing his nut off. <laughs> like, and sorry, and because even later on when he does it with his arm too, when he like you know snatches her and his arm blows up. And I was like, how is he not dead, number one? Number two, like, we've already seen his nut blow off. Like, you shot Chekhov's gun. Roll credits. Literally. And uh, that doesn't seem like a very practical safety measure. I mean, I'm sitting there at the start of the movie going, so if he thinks he's going to hit the girl, you're going to blow up the arm that's near her face? (laughs) I mean, that's how he escaped from the mob of creepy people was his arm exploded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just not a very well thought out uh, defense measure. First of all, it blew up at the at the elbow. Well, hang uh, on, your your point is sound because let's now now yeah. let because I'm dirty. I'll I'll say it out loud. He's trying now. Let's say he's trying to like bang her, and then his nuts blow off. She's stolen her her genitals are stolen like radius of the of the bomb site. You know, <laughs> you know there there's. Any, there was, yeah, there's no good answer to this. Right, like, like the, the interesting idea of like, well, if he tries to assault this woman in any way, shape, or form, like it would have made it would have just made sense if they had said, like, we've we've put a bomb inside you. If you're not back in five days, it blows up. You, then you have your yeah. ticking clock. But like this idea of like, well, you know, since we're sending this criminal with her, like, oh, if he does anything to her, we'll blow his dick off. If he touches her, he blows his arm off. It's like it's an interesting idea, but it's way impractical, as Evan. Yeah. Well, that way you can have the bomb go off and still have the movie keep going on. Right. I guess. Also, he held his testy in his hand and talked to it. <laughs> Alas, poor Yurik, I knew it well. That's all I could think of. That's all I could think of. That's what he said to the football helmet. I know that sounds like a non sequitur, but that's that actually happened. He wore a football helmet as he's going into battle. <laughs> Their name is Lola. Got to protect the old melon. She was a showgirl. Are we done with Prisoners of Ghostland? I was Ghost done Land? with it when I was watching it. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't want to. I'm not going to no, crap let's, all over. Let, let's move on to a movie I'm still not done with. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, before we do, you know what would have helped uh, Prisoners of the Ghostland be a, a better written film? Less drugs. No, more drugs, but also <laughs> Grammarly. Oh yeah, I forgot about Grammarly. <laughs> For you listeners of Triple Feature, I swear at this time it's really Triple Feature, not TV Party. (laughs) I'm gonna be beat. I'm gonna be like flaying myself later tonight. Stupid, stupid. Um, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. I'm sure they're gonna be really happy to know that in the middle of my like plug for their product, I was like mocking, beating myself. I know. As as opposed to when you compared it to drugs. (laughs) Yeah, no. I'm sure that's a little. Put a little Grammarly up your nose. It's fine. <laughs> Grammarly AI powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and to just style improvements. So download Grammarly today. Go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network again. It's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. Shadow in the cloud. Shadow in the cloud. We're going to shred in the shadow in the cloud. Okay. Yeah, why? No, I, I thought we'd. Never mind. 
What did Let's you keep going? Let's, I thought you... we were doing Bruce Willis's. No, I'm saving that one for last. Okay, good deal. <laughs> All right, so Shadow in the Cloud is a two, is a 2020 New Zealand American World War II action horror film. Speaking of mashups, directed by Roseanne Liang, um, who you might know from My Wedding and Other Secrets, because sure, um, from a screenplay by me. She directed uh, your wedding. Yes, and Max Landis. Max Landis might might have made my favorite YouTube video ever. Do you know what that is, Evan Devins? No. Is. Wrestling yeah. is wrestling. Yeah, it's a great it's a great video. Yeah, like Max Landis hasn't done a whole lot of things I think are good or like or should be proud of, but Max <laughs> but, but Max Landis is wrestling is video is fucking fantastic it really is awesome. what about the book world I, hang on hang on. i've cursed a lot now and now i feel bad because this is because evan still has to promote this later and he has to now do the some language <laughs> i'll just screw ronnie's <laughs> you, you haven't publicly shamed me about it though ronnie evan has I I know, i'm not i'm not publicly shaming you i'm just just warning people that you know expect a nice wholesome discussion and poor Evan Bevins' poor mother, like, oh, I want to see what Evan is doing. Today. Oh! You know, that sort of thing. Is that about right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, to hell with you, Ron. Okay, whatever. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Moving on. Shadow in the Cloud. Um, oh, I was, telling, I was telling Evan about wrestling is wrestling. He did like yeah. a 20-minute video um, where he did like, he, he decided to explain what the attraction of professional wrestling is through the lens of Triple H's career, but all the wrestlers are played by hot girls. Hmm. It's really good. It's worth looking at. And there's there's a lot of people in it that uh, you would never guess. Like, uh, I, I want to say stars, but, you know. Uh, well, Jerry Ryan is not a star. He's also... No, 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 no. I'm talking about, like, actors. Um, like Chris Hardwick and, and a few other people that, you know, are, aren't, like, like, celebrity A-list or whatever. But they're 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 there. So this starts, right, shut up, Ronnie. Just tell me to shut up. No, you're fine. Um, never, Ronnie. Never. Uh, this starts Chloe Grace Moretz, Taylor John Smith, Nick Robinson, Beulah Cole, and Callan Mulvey. It follows a flight officer on a top secret mission during a second world during the Second World War II on a Boeing B seventeen flying fortress while encountering an evil gremlin on board. <laughs> uh, this premiered 2012, uh, 2020 at the 2020 Toronto Fil Film Festival, where it won the People's Choice Award for Midnight Madness. Yes. Yeah. And then it was released January 1st, 2021 by Vertical Entertainment and Redbox Entertainment and has been like on Hulu forever now. Um, all right. So here's what happens in this thing. In August of 1943, pilot officer Maud Garrett, a female flight officer, is assigned to travel with a top-secret package from Auckland, New Zealand, to Samoa. Samoans do the Humpty Hump. When she arrives at the airbase, she sees a ground crew ramp worker disappear. Just before suddenly finding herself standing right in front of her, transport a B-17 bomber named the Fool's Errand. Dun-dun-dun. The bomber's crew gives her a most mostly derisive welcome. That's one way of describing it. And she, yeah. <laughs> hey, you fucking whore! A little derisive. Um, I mean, like you can say derisive. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie. No, no, no. Go ahead. You're good. And she is quartered in the Sperry Ball turret for the takeoff. 
With no room left for her document valise, she reluctantly allows only crew member friendly to her staff sergeant, Walter Quaid, to store it. While stuck in the gun turret, like you, like you do, Maud sees some sort of winged creature cling to the underside of the bomber's wing. She reports it, but most of the crew, except Private Beckel, who also sees it, dismisses her. When she is allowed to leave the turret, the hatch malfunctions, trapping her inside. When she reacts indignantly to the crew's comments about her situation, they abandon their attempt to open the stuck hatch, and the intercom suddenly goes dead. After seeing a Japanese aircraft appearing and disappearing in the clouds close to the bomber, she is abruptly attacked by the creature, a gremlin. Do, 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 Not that gremlin. She fights... Uh, no, the one from the Bugs Bunny cartoon. Correct. <laughs> what am I doing? She fights it off, but ends up being injured. When the crew t- contacts her again to ask what happened, a radio message comes in telling them that Maud Garrett doesn't exist and is not registered for their flight. When they begin to take her out for questioning, Maud deliberately jams the turret guns and prepares to defend herself. Suddenly, the Japanese aircraft reappears and opens fire. Taking control of the gun turret, she shoots it down, winning the crew's grudging respect. Grudging. Um, Very grudging. Yeah. While continuing to talk with the crew, Maud admits she's actually married and boarded the bomber under her maiden name, but refuses to reveal her mission, citing its secrecy. She sees the gremlin again and it, as it continues to sabotage the bomber. Eventually, Private Doran cites it too, but others disregard him. Suspecting Maud's assignment is the cause of their misfortunes, Reeves gives the order to open the bag, which contains a baby. There's a baby on board. Yeah. Maud and Quaid's extramarital child. Forced to confess. Confess, you whore. Maud explains that she was severely mistreated by her husband. She had an affair with Quaid and inadvertently got pregnant like you do. Someone betrayed her to her husband, who came to the base looking for her, deciding to tell Quaid. Maud faked her assignment to get away from her husband, who she says would have killed her in his rage. Just as Captain Reeves turns his back to the airbase, turns back to the airbase, three Mitsubishi A6M0 fighters attack, and the gremlin boards the bomber. Hello. Injures Quaid and kidnaps the baby. When the gremlin appears outside before her with... Maybe the gremlin ate your baby. <laughs> Maud exits the turret and fires a handgun at it, driving it off. The bag is now hanging precariously from the engine nasal. Risking a perilous climb under the wing, Maud is able to retrieve the child and re- reboard the bomber through the now shot away ball turret opening. The gremlin attacks again, throwing technical sergeant Taggart, just yeeting him right out of the plane. He just yeeting him right out. <laughs> <And> yeah. <laughs> out of the aircraft before. <laughs> <laughs> before Maud can even <laughs> when, Re- when Reeves, Lieutenant Finch and Dorn are killed by additional Japanese fi- fighter gunfire mm-hmm. Maud takes command and brings the bomber roughly but safely down in a controlled crashing landing uh, the gremlin reappears and tries to snatch the baby once again but Maud is finally able to kill the creature ending the threat she and the other survivors watch as the full With extreme prejudice <clears throat> yeah. burns and explodes um, all right, Evan, I know you, like, you said that you watched this one first. You've been wanting to talk about it all year. You did a blog post post on it. It's your most favorite thing ever, even better than no, than Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, so, <laughs> so tell us, why do you love Shadow in the Clouds? It's a crazy movie. Yeah. It's like, I all I knew about it was that it was extre- it was much shorter than Army of the Dead. <laughs> and um, that it involved a female World War II pilot and an evil presence on a plane. That's that's all I knew. And then right from the start, um, they start playing the Stranger Things soundtrack. <laughs> um, 
And uh, I mean, it, it's just I, I wasn't I wasn't sure what what kind of movie. Well, I, actually, even before we get to Stranger Things, we have the cartoon that's reminiscent of that Bugs Bunny cartoon that's stuck right. in my head, where one of the few where where Bugs is the guy getting messed with, um, with, with a, a gremlin in in World War Two. And so I'm like, <laughs> huh, this is th- this is interesting. Okay, then we have Stranger Things music. Then we have, you know, I, I was wondering once they put her down in the turret where she stays for like a half hour. Of movie yeah. time, at least I'm like. So is this going to be like that? Uh, that Ryan Reynolds movie I never watched, where he was buried alive for the whole movie. Is, oh. is this what we're getting? Like, no. It's going to be like the guilty, where it's basically just Jake Gyllenhaal talking into a phone for ninety minutes. Or and then like I, I a long time ago I developed the habit, like especially when my my kids were really young, and we had to be quiet of like watching movies with closed captioning. I don't think I'd know who the, who the male characters were without it because. I mean, thankfully, some of them had really thick, exaggerated accents. But, <laughs> yeah. um, like, I mean, oh, so you, you, just... you mean like Drunky McIrish? <laughs> <laughs> I think he was Drunky McScott. Yes. Okay. And then, um, and then you know, Farm Boy. But yeah. um, so, and like, and like, I, I'm watching that, and it, it's pretty tense. And and Chloe Grace Moretz is 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 carrying it, and. You know, just when you're like, okay, so this could be like some kind of World War II espionage type thing. Uh, there's a freaking gremlin. <laughs> right. And yeah. then just when you're like, okay, so now we're in horror, it's like, no, there's Japanese planes. <laughs> and then just when you're like, okay, so she's a spy. What's going on? Oh, there's a baby, which, yes, is out of left field. But oh, at, there's a at, baby. At that point, I don't know. Somewhere. I think around the time she crawls out of the turret, which I fully admit makes no sense in terms of sound, physics, any sort of logic, but I didn't care. Yeah, For I, at I, least I the last this. 30 minutes of this movie, my jaw was dropped. Sometimes in somebody actually thought this made sense. Somebody agreed to do this. Sometimes in, holy crap, what just happened? Yeah. Planes go fast. And she's just like, go fast. <laughs> planes go really fast, and she's just like hanging on the plane like it's nothing, you know. Because she is a mother, Mark. I understand. Mother she is a mother, and she is protecting her child. Um, now, you, you, you remember I said uh, when I was talking about Prisoners of the Ghostland that that Redbox really wanted me to buy a movie from them. Just sure. get it out of there. They're, they're, they're like, they're like, you know, hey, to two bucks off and i'm like okay well let's see what they got and i'm cycling through and i'm like 99 cents for wonder woman 84 maybe but then you know what they had still too expensive shadow in the cloud oh yeah yeah two bucks nice um no i like i whatever logical and scientific flaws you guys can point out about this movie and there are many i was floored the whole time i some of it was like wow some of it was like wait really what it's like it was whiplashing between genres so much that i i didn't have time to decide whether i was going to suspend any disbelief yeah uh i just it, and like i i kept talking about it. i was telling people work i'm like you got to check out this movie it's like i'm not going to tell you it's good i'm not going to say it's bad it's just i it was an experience and and when i watched it again even though i i spent my two dollars on it i'm like Man, this this could be one of those. Like I remember as a kid, I watched the movie The Good Son. You know, evil yeah, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so and I mean that was like one of the one of the early R-rated movies I went to. I was like, oh, this is so cool. I told my friends about it. And we rented it when it came out, and I watched it. I'm like, what? 
Yeah. Like, like it only worked once. You you watched it again, yeah. and I'm like, no. This yeah. movie, okay, I knew all the weird stuff that happened, and I still, like, jumped a couple times. Yeah. Okay, so my the, the one thing I want to say, first of all, I love this movie. I think it's great. Um, I, I, I This was one of the more fun movies I've seen, like, not related to something big that we talked about in, like, Damn You Hollywood or whatever. Like, I really had, like, I was surprised how much I liked this movie and how good it actually is, despite it being silly at times. Um but I, I have to say about something about Chloe Grace Moretz, who I like as an actress. I, I know Robert and Lex just hated her and, and just hated Tom and Jerry in general. Shocker. I, I, yeah, shut up. Um, <laughs> I, I, I enjoy her. I actually think she's got a lot of charm and charisma, and she's a cutie patootie. But I have to tell you, like, <laughs> so she starts off this movie doing, like, a British accent. And she actually has some authority with it. Like I like like I could see like especially when she starts going over her resume and she's starting to like shame the uh, the other pilots or whatever. Like I like I'm buying into the character. I'm like okay, she kind of has that Peggy Carter vibe to her. Yeah. And then they and then they she drops the accent like Elizabeth Olsen. Speaking of Marvel characters, she like just forgets she's Sokovian, and um and she starts talking like herself, and I can't take her seriously anymore. Oh. Because Chloe Grace's Mertz's natural voice is really high pitched and childlike sounding, and so suddenly she's like, she's like, let, I will let you know that I am an ace pilot, blah blah, yakety spackety, and it's like I agree with you, Chloe Grace Moretz. And then it's like, all right, really, I'm just this that, and it's so she sounds like such a little girl. I was just like, okay, no, now this just sounds like a child who stowed away, and. Well, I still enjoyed the movie. It was very hard for me to take her seriously as a character after that. And then she, and then here's the thing about it: I liked it when it was just her and the turret gun. I liked, I, I, you know, very. There are very few movies where the point of view is centered directly on a character who can't move, they can't go anywhere, and the whole thing has to be carried by the strength of the dialogue and the performance. And this movie does, I think, a really good job of that. Mm. When it turned into action schlock. I was with it. I, you know, I was going with it. I mean, she looks like she's all five feet tall, but I'm like, that's fine. Her versus a bat is is fine with me. Um, like a really she, big bat. Yeah, if she wants to wrestle a giant bat on you know on top of a plane, I'm good with this. It's it's whatever. I've seen dumber. Um, but when she but when she had to like huh. talk with authority, but in her normal Tom and Jerry speaking voice, I'm like, look, kiddo, <laughs> go back to speaking British because I can't take you seriously at all. You know what I mean, Ronnie? I didn't know. I did, I, uh, respectfully, you, I disagree with that. He's like, you can just say no. I was really just transitioning to you. I know. I know you were. I, I was trying to figure out what I was trying to say. I was like, like pleasantly surprised with this movie. Yeah. I had no clue what to expect. I didn't know what you all had got me into. Um, <laughs> but I know I didn't even look at the genres. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, um, Chloe Grace Moretz, World War II, let's go. And then I even like as I love I love history I love World War II and I forgot that there was like you know um, you uh, female pilots back then which was like very rare you know because they didn't they didn't let the women do anything back then but uh, <clears throat> but it was it was really cool to to look, dip into that part of history and then all of a sudden the gremlin came out of nowhere and I was like oh hey look at that. I, I can't remember what movie I said this about recently. It was something that I think Robert and I talked about where it just feels like someone's doing... No, it was me and Sean. It was Monday night, where it was, and it was Titan, where we were like, this feels like a... Um, uh, 
what do you call it? Uh, an improv exercise, you know, yeah. where, and then, you know, and then this happens. So someone's like, well, what if we have a, you know, a stowaway? And then it turns out she had a baby out of wedlock. And then there's a gremlin. Like, and there's a the gremlin. <laughs> Pat, Hot, Pat, Pat Hot Takes Mullen uh, weighing in with, I'm also not a fan of trying to justify affairs because man bad. Love, honor, and obey, peasant. Well, and I mean, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not a fan necessarily of, of that either, but th this is uh, th th this is a, a, after the fact. I mean, I I, uh, I was more troubled with how her loser husband, who you know wasn't even, uh, well, I shouldn't say he was a loser because he's not in the military, but he doesn't sound like a very uh, very you know good guy. And then, yeah. but he can come uh, from you know wherever USA to New Zealand all of a sudden to check up <laughs> on her. Um, <laughs> But no, I mean, I don't, I didn't even look at it because, yeah, I mean, Hollywood is like, okay, well, if your spouse, you know, looks at you crooked or breaks wind, it's totally okay to cheat on them. I mean, that, that's, that's the message in a lot of movies. But, but this was like, okay, she's got the baby. She's trying to, to figure out what, what, what to do next. So uh, I, I, I don't know. So I, I, I was more unsettled by the, uh, and, and maybe this is just my innocent naivete. I was more unsettled by, by the language because, I mean, like, in, in all fairness, my primary examples of World War II era masculinity were my grandfather and Captain America. So I was under the impression that no one swore before the 60s. No, sure. no, no. That, I, 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 I know that's wrong, but I was like, come on, guys. There are, yeah. There's more than just one word that starts no. with F. Yes, now, it wasn't there... until Vietnam that soldiers were anything less than completely honorable and well-behaved. <laughs> so... As I said, this movie took me by surprise. I mean, like, I agree with you. At, at times, I was like, man, you know, the language is a little severe in it. Um, I, I mean, like, but I, I expect that anymore with movies, period. Um, but um, it it was enjoyable. Yeah. No matter, no matter, like, um, no matter how silly it got. And it got super silly when she was, was Spider-Man crawling on the bottom of that plane. Um, flying in in the air while the baby was hanging on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that baby. They don't make radio bag. bag straps like they used to. I'll tell you. Man, it was in that bag. I was like, oh, the, like that, oh, there's the bag with the baby in it. That bag flew around every which way, looped around, got banged around, and all that protected that baby was a seatbelt. Sure. Well, the thing about it is, was like you're watching uh, the, uh, this this bomber, this airplane, this. Air, air, you know, pango fast, as Mark says. Um, and then you look at the baby, the 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 the, the radio bag that the baby's in, and it's the the gremlin has hung it off a piece of scrap that's hanging off the wing the wing of the plane, and it's not it, it's it's just gently blowing in the breeze when it should be doing this. <laughs> it's just beating the baby to death. So it got silly, but you, I mean, you, you, you can't expect much for a movie about, a, about, uh, uh, in the world war two terms, a dame fighting a gremlin. Um, but, uh, once again, as an elevator pitch. Awesome. <laughs> I got a movie about this dame who fights a gremlin on a, on a bomber plane. Here's, here's 150 grand. And she's got a baby. Joke. And she's got a baby. And, uh, the 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 father of the baby is on the plane too, and they're going to New Zealand. Here's Nate Ball of Coke and 150 grand. Have fun. Um, but I really, really want to start a studio with Robert with, with, with Ronnie now. 
<laughs> where, 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 where like we're not going to give you your whole budget that you asked for, but here's an eight ball of coke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the thing about it is, is like, eight ball of coke films and no pants productions presents. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I haven't used it in a while. It's not really appropriate here, but uh, here it is. Ooh, that's a bingo. <laughs> Perfect, perfect. Sorry, Ronnie, I keep interrupting you. That's all right, but it, it, it's it's no, you're good, man. But this one was like, this was a good palate cleanser because I watched, um, I watched Prisoners of the Ghostland, <laughs> then I watched uh, Out Out of Death. Is that what it's called? Out to Death. Out, yeah, out, out of bored, death. bored to death. Bored to death. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bruce Willis is bored to death. I'm a cop from Philadelphia. You ever see Die Hard? I'm one of them. <laughs> Come on, but uh, so... yada yada yada. <laughs> but uh, but it was a good palate cleanser because I was like, this is fun. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make sense. I mean, it, well, it made more sense in Prisoners of the, of the Ghost Land, but um, but it was just like one of those movies. Like I really enjoyed this movie, Ron, and I'll watch on. it again. I've taken yeah, Nyquil and done a podcast and made more sense than Prisoners of the Ghost Land. I've <laughs> been in. I've had fever dreams that made more sense than Prisoners of the Ghost Land. Um, but it, it, I was really like, I think Chloe Grace uh, Moret or whatever. Yeah, her hit girl. I think she can carry a movie just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't agree with the whole, you know, the accent, but she can she can pull off a pretty good B- British accent and have that have that demanding presence. But um, I thought she did great, man. I thought, you know, for she took a, a script that was probably like, really, you want me to do this? And you know, made it her own. It was it was. I mean, it was look. one of those things that was like, I, I, okay, it, it's like when I watched. Um, now, probably people would probably just yell and scream at me for for comparing to i'm not comparing the movies i'm comparing the experiences it's like when i watched um boondock states for the first time i had no clue what to expect i just saw the package i was like that looks like a cool movie and i purchased it at best buy for the first time and i went home and watched it and i said this was amazing i love this movie uh i had no clue what i was getting into saw her on the cover i was like oh i didn't know she was in this you know that was when i was first starting the movie and I was like, this should, you know, this shouldn't be too bad. And I was like, man, this was actually really good. You know, uh, it, it was not, it was not a bad watch at all. I, I would, I would recommend it to people who have some free time and 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 a brain cell or two to kill. <laughs> so I was looking at some of the stuff she's done recently, besides what she did in 2021, which was um, Mother Android, which we're going to review towards the end of the month, Adam's Family 2, which she did a voice role, and then Tom and Jerry, which we talked about. She um, in 2019, she was in something called Red Shoes and the Seven Dwarfs, which was an animated movie. Um, I think the, the the biggest thing she's been in outside of Tom and Jerry in recent years was Greta. Ronnie, did you see Greta? I did not. Okay, this was a psychological thriller. I actually vaguely remember the uh, trailers for it. And she was in Suspiria, The Miseducation of Cameron Post. Oh, that um, one I watched. You know, I'm kidding, she, I didn't watch that. <laughs> She's in the 2013 remake of Carrie, it looks like. Yeah, that was actually not bad. Um, she was in Neighbors 2, Brain on Fire. So, I mean, I think something like Shadow in the Clouds. I, you know, who's the one that plays that was in Game of Thrones that was also in um, Solo? Uh, oh, yeah, her. Yeah, Terminator Genesis. Oh, you know, and she's going to be in Secret Invasion. 
Yeah, you know, like she gets a lot. She's getting a lot of action roles, and I think like Chloe Grace Moretz must look at like her and a, and a handful of other you know tiny girls, and goes like, "Well, I can do Amelia you know, Clark. I, Amelia Clark. There yeah. you go. I can do action roles too, like they do. Like, what do they got that I ain't got? And then you get, and then like someone hands you the Shadow in the Cloud scripts. Like, here's your here's your chance, Hot Shot. And you she know? pulled so, it off. And she yeah, I, I was um, I I, I think uh, when when I originally watched this um. As soon as the the Gremlin cartoon started, I'm like, "This is weird. I need to share it with somebody." So I started tweeting as, as I was watching it, and like at one point, I'm like, "Okay, well, she's she's earned her spot in the, in the next Expendables." And then I hear there's a rumor that they're going to do like the Expendables with Megan Fox or whatever. I, I, I no. hope so, so that the neckbeards will rip their own throats out. Okay, well, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Oh here! Hold oh up. here comes the president of the she man oh, ha- uh, the she male ha- haters club. I am all about an expendables. You know, you, I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. But you better get me some some action stars. You know that that are uh, of okay. The f- who that isn't sixty years old? Who isn't sixty years old in the Expendables? <laughs> well, most of them are seventy. So. I was gonna say, like, all right, so the exp- let's cast the expendables, okay? Sigourney Weaver. Anybody yeah. but Megan Fox. Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. So there's two. Chloe Grace Moretz. Are, are we well are yes. we going for the are we going for like the ones of our generation or are we going for newer gals? You you gotta you gotta throw a few in there. It's like you had Stallone, Dolph Lundgren, and then Jason Statham. Okay, because Ronnie made a good point just now, because I forgot that like the expendables were all old men. Um, Jason, Jason Statham is is Pushing fifty, though. Yeah, I was gonna say Jason Statham is fifty, uh, but he's he's a young kid compared to the rest of that cast. Well, again, yeah, yeah. I, I go back to though, who do you? So, okay, let let's let's take a twenty year period from nineteen eighty to two thousand. Besides Linda Hamilton and Sigourney Weaver, we've already got them. Who else is there? Uh... yeah, it's not. This is not an easy question to answer. You give me Nastasha Kinski and Angelina Jolie. <laughs> There, okay, that's a, that's that's three now. Mila and, Jovovich. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Four. Good. I, we, we've got Linda four. Hamilton. We, we, we've okay, already so done that one. Linda you Hamilton, can't. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver would be more. like I'm a church. counting. Hold on. She, she'd give me more like a church role, like a Bruce Willis, Harrison Ford role. So you got Angelina Jolie, Mila Jovovich, uh, Linda Hamilton, Charlize Theron. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you can't. Yep, that's a good one. Um, Scarlett Johansson. No, nah, it's still too a little too young. Michelle Rodriguez. Um, well, you definitely Mich- need some. Michelle, oh, Grace Jones. Michelle Yo, Yo, or whatever her name is. M- Michelle Yao, yeah, 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 yeah. Grace, Grace Jones. No, why not? Maybe I don't she know. Was Conan. She was. If she, if she, if she still wasn't like much at, else. Carrie Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie Ann mm. Moss. Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, true. Yeah, Carrie Ann Moss. And believe it or not, Maggie Q. Okay, Maggie but if Carrie Ann Moss does it, she has to be playing Trinity. Maggie Q's over 50. <laughs> okay. Um, how about Ming Na Wen or somebody? Oh else? yeah. Yeah. Somebody else that's Asian. Oh, or... oh, is she she's in, Oh, fucking uh... Lucy Liu. Yeah. Okay, we got oh, this. Je- Jessica Biel. Okay. We figured it out. Oh, um, the the model broad that was in um, Terminator Three, Uma Thurman. Um, how do you can that's act not Uma, Uma Thurman, Thurman, but it's not yeah. Uma Thurman, but Kill Bill. Come on, okay. 
All right. So suck right. it. No, no, we did it so, so without ball, so, her. So eight ball of coke uh, films <laughs> and no pants productions has got the expend the bells. Got it. Yeah. And, and Megan Fox but, and Chloe Grace her... Moretz can be the new kid. I'm telling you. Yeah. Okay. It. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Her and Ronda Rousey. Yes. Megan Fox could take her toe thumbs and get out of here. <laughs> Leave Megan Fox alone. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan. <laughs> All right. Are we done? Yes. Renee Russo. You. That's a good oh, one. Oh, that's a really good one. Oh, if you got to have her in it, then we got to also have Kate Blanchett. Yeah, I like give Kate, you that. Kate Blanchett and like the um, first of all, Kate Blanchett rules. Yeah. Second of all, like she's got to be like in like the Bruce Willis role, you know, like or like a. No, that's know, more of Sigourney Weaver's role. Sigourney Weaver. Well, there were two of them. Cast Sigourney Weaver is like the Sylvester Stallone of this thing. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> all right, we've now casted an entirely other movie. I think we're done with Shadow in the Clouds, but yeah. I'll ask you, Evan. You wait, wait, wait. There needs it? to be one one left field addition. Leslie oh. Jones. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Damn it. I was like, <laughs> get out! Who can we get say out. to piss people off and Evan beat me to it? Get out! <laughs> okay, so Shadow in the Cloud. I, yeah. I gotta say, like I said, I knew nothing going into this. No. I went back and watched the trailer, and this is what ticked me off. You know what scene is in the trailer? The one where she falls out of the plane and gets thrown back in by the exploding plane below her. Which is absurd, but even so, I'm like, why would you put that in the trailer? That's like what do you that's like the what the crap her moment of the movie. Being sexually like assaulted verbally by an entire crew of pilots. That was what are you rough. gonna put in the trailer? Well, okay. Eh, maybe. Well, you but I, I don't know. You, you gotta do some something else. You can't okay. You can't put anything with the gremlin in there because that gives away the surprise. The yeah. rest of the movie is her just talking. What else are you going to put in the trailer? Her shooting. Oh, her. from the turret. Way, I, I, it, it's fine. It's not her fault, but I couldn't help but All laugh right. when she was just like firing the turret gun, going, ah! It's not, I, I thought that was okay. And I, I try not, I, I, I try the hardest not to curse. But that was a badass moment, man, where she grabs him and like loads him and just starts going off. Come on, that was cool. And then, uh, I, you know, by, by, by the end of the movie, when she's just, you know, ripping the gremlin apart and, uh, and then she sits down to breastfeed the baby, I'm like, you know, <laughs> Captain yeah. Marvel's like, I am a f- female empowerment film. And Maude Garrett says, hold my breast milk. Oh, by the way, how do we cast an entire Expend the Bells and not put Brie Larson in there? Because she's a... She's a, she's a piece she's of the wood. wrong era. So is Chloe Grace Moretz. She is but, a piece of wood. That Chloe Grace Moretz a... started the whole, the whole conversation. Okay. She's a piece of wood that somebody put a Captain Marvel suit on and said, hey, look. I can act. She's Ronnie, terrible. you're putting That's yourself in very have, poor company because I know you, somebody who's described Brie Larson as built like a, like the number one. Have you seen? Don't be seen that Brie? guy, Ronnie. I'm not saying that. I'm saying she's a very wooden actor. Oh, okay. she has no emotion. Okay, I thought you were talking but, about her figure, and I'm like, be nice. No, but have you seen Room? Room? No, like the okay. Room. No, the movie the Room. room. The, the one the, the one that she won an Oscar for. You're tearing me apart, that, Lisa. That 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 the kid playing her son should have also won an Oscar for. But no, no, that's I the, that's the one to put her on the map. It's uh, I mean, it's not fun, but it's it's excellent. It's a it, every squirrel finds a nut. I mean, I, I just I I think she dialed it in, and I think she didn't have any fun playing this role. 
I think she wanted out of it. And then everybody's like, oh, you know, it's a woman empowerment movie and stuff like that. She's like, yes, it is. And I think the all well, that went to her head. And she I, just... I said this to Sean. If we're talking about like, why does everyone hate Brie Larson? Because Brie Larson in the marketing for the Avengers and Captain Marvel was a twat. And had she not acted like a twat at the time, I don't think she would have engendered as much hate. I think it's... I would have given her another chance at a second movie. Mm-hmm. But but I mixed with her attitude mm-hmm. and the and the and the performance she gave in the first movie, I don't want her in the Marvel universe anymore. Okay, well. Neither does Don Cheadle, but that's besides the point. Um, really? <laughs> have you not seen the video of her doing marketing with Don Cheadle? And I think it was Mark Ruffalo or somebody. And Don oh, Cheadle yeah. looks like he's about ready to punch her right in the vagina. Yes. <laughs> Evan Bevins is looking at me like, why does he say these things? Go see, <laughs> go watch the video. He definitely has punch you in the vagina eyes in that in that shot. Ronnie, back me up, Ronnie. All, all I'm saying is... <laughs> That I was Captain, yawning, sorry. Captain Marvel wishes it was as feminist as Shadow in the Cloud. I'm telling you, man. I agree with you. She okay. And first, it's the, the the most okay. Spider-Man crawl, blow, explosion, push her back up in the other. Blah blah blah. All that's unbelievable, but that's all movie magic, right? The really the most unbelievable thing is all the things that those guys said to her. Nobody said, "Yo, bro, whoa." too far <laughs> i would like too to far. shove an entire cactus in your pussy wait right? what? <laughs> yeah like what? It, did, it almost went that far like you know like you know <laughs> you can handle my gun baby, evan is right know? now questioning all of his life choices <laughs> well, but, i mean yeah well unfortunately you know the only decent guy on there was the one who'd actually you know messed around with her so right. uh yeah so, yeah you you would have thought at least somebody would have yeah, had a I mean, it, it did go a little far, which which reminded me of my other point, Mark. If you were to say to Maud Garrett um, that you didn't find her her regular voice believable, you would have been shot by Japanese gunfire or stabbed by a gremlin. <laughs> he got a point. Yeah, you're not what? wrong. At what point? Okay, they're like, oh, I got a gun you can handle, baby. Won't you fly my plane? <laughs> hey, look, here's my penis. You know, it, it's just like it went that far. I'm going to put this in there. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, brother. Settle down. And even the cat, even like, even the captain of the plane, we should have gone like, hey, dude, chill out for a second. Come on. Maybe don't be so rapey. <laughs> right? um, oh, that's, that's what happens when women come into male spaces. You're not sarcasm. Kidding. You're not kidding when they come in the male spaces. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you walked right into that one, Evan. Um, uh, here's what I'll tell you. I had less of an issue with the cat crawling than I did with, you know, with paranoid McScotsy, who's, <laughs> who's like, whatever she has in the bag, it must be cursed. And then she's messed up the whole thing. Like, I haven't seen a character this oblivious and obtuse. <laughs> Since since Independence Day, where it's like everything they've tried, it's like well, we're gonna we're gonna fly the alien ship and dock with the mothership and up and upload this virus because we've tried everything else. And he's like, well, nukes are still an option, even though it failed the first time. Like that level of obtuseness, he's even worse. <laughs> she, sh- I, I she think shot somebody Japan- was like, it was like she shot the Japanese pilot out of the sky, and his reaction was, I bet he would have been on our side if she'd left him alone. i i got i i kept thinking that somebody was like hey remember the scottish guy and wonder woman well what if he was really unlikable (laughs) there's a dark wind blowing 
<laughs> All right. Our, we, we there's a woman to, on our plane. We I, I scheduled this out for 20, min, 20 minutes-ish per film. We're like into 30 to 40 now. With That's the all right. The glass. Okay, well, j- just take it from out of death. We can do this in 10 minutes. <laughs> we can do this in five I minutes. I got that in 30 seconds. We can, we can do this in less time than it took Bruce Willis to film his scenes. <laughs> okay, well, before we do, you know what Shadow in the Cloud was missing, Evan Bevins? It sure wasn't 90s synth music or 80s synth music. <laughs> a good soundtrack. And you know where you can find a good soundtrack? Ronnie Adams of the Streaming Boy Podcast. Yeah, it's Amazon Music. <laughs> Alexa, Ronnie. play music from Shadow in the Cloud. <laughs> Ronnie, breathe. Shadow in the Cloud. Original oh motion picture soundtrack by Mahlia Bridgman Cooper on Amazon Music. Terrific. All right. So, yes, we are, in fact, giving away a free 30-day. Turn it off, Evan. Okay, I want to stop. Evan, you're my favorite person ever. I have to to listen to this now. (laughs) Um, We are giving away a free 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service, as you just heard demonstrated by Evan Bevins of the Screaming Boy podcast. Um, <laughs> um, oh, and the link is getamazonmusic.com. Well, if you're not going to do it, Evan is. I'm assigning I was going to say the, the name's available. You can't right? have my show. <laughs> That's my show. It's I, my show it, now. It was established before it now, was syndicated I'm on the your captain. network. Don't you're you understand? Not. You can't have it. And I'm you're the captain. Who do you think you are, Brie Larson? <laughs> yeah, no, he shows twat. emotion. Oh, I was going to say, no, I'm kind of a twat. Um, anyway. <laughs> For a free 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service, if you'd like to hear music from Captain Marvel, like, you know, like I'm Just a Girl, the the most on-the-nose fucking news of music I've ever heard. Hey, what's an arm wrestle for the Tesseract? Um, get amazonmusic.com slash W2M network. Again, it's get amazonmusic.com slash W2M network. All right. We are almost out of time, and this movie is called Out of Death. <laughs> um, which, I, which I think is a play that, on the phrase out of breath. And that wraps it up, kids. <laughs> this movie Bruce Willis no- plays a recently retired cop. <laughs> this is so funny. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for this. It has no budget listed or earnings like i don't know where this was ever shown um out of of death is a 2021 american crime thriller film directed by mike burns incidentally mike burns is the most commonly diagnosed injury of people who engage me in rap battles nice wait hang on (laughs) that's fair (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so Mike Burns is an American Amer- video director, producer, and entrepreneur currently residing in LA, California. He is a member of the EDM production duo Interstate. His work on the 2004 release Cream Fields. That actually explains a lot. I don't know what Cream Fields <laughs> is, but I'm pretty sure Rob Black put it out once upon a time. Oh, no. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> We are not doing that tonight. <laughs> His 2004 release, Cream Fills, by Paul Oakenfold, earned him a Grammy nomination. Oh, well, good for him. So he's a music video, and he got to direct a feature. Good for you, sir. And uh, he, he also uh, uh, composed the music or co-wrote it. Um, all right. So retired cop Jack Harris has to protect his niece, an innocent woman from corrupt cops, after the woman took a video of one of the police killing a drug dealer. 
It stars Jamie King, Bruce Willis. The rest of these people don't have hyperlinks. Um, Kelly Grayson and Mike Burns. Um, filming occurred between November of 2020, uh, but complications with COVID-19 safety protocols created difficulties in getting the cast and crew to clear to shoot and delayed production for several days. I'm laughing a, at this. A, what, Wait, this maybe, even, maybe that's on. why they were on opposite sides of a door in the climactic scene of the movie. Oh my god, this is the best. This is I didn't even realize this until just now. As a result, the entire film was shot in nine days and all of Willis's scenes were shot in only one. Yes. I was right. <laughs> That's fucking fantastic. Wait, read that one more time. As a result, the entire film was shot in nine days, and all they shot an entire movie in nine days. In nine days. Yeah, this is like the asylum kind of a movie. Um, oh my gosh. Okay, uh, so a couple of notes about this movie before we start talking about it. So. Uh, Willis's scenes were shot in only one day. The film received a limited theatrical run and was released on demand July 16th of 2021. Out of Death currently holds a 0% rating. A 0% on Rotten Tomatoes from 10 critics. I think I think calling shown in a, your backyard on a sheet uh, <laughs> a limited run is a little bit... Yeah, so I made the joke before about like how Prisoners of the Ghostland feels like a bunch of kids just like ran to the park and shot a movie with their camcorder. This one was filmed in someone's backyard during a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, like, like, like someone got bored during the wedding, started to wander around. <laughs> hey, this makes a pretty good backdrop for a movie. Like, you know what? What if we shot a movie about corrupt drug drug dealers, cop drug dealers? In the woods. <laughs> then there's your movie. All right. So oh, basically, uh, uh, Jamie King sees a corrupt cop kill a drug dealer and she runs around the woods away from said cops. The cop is joined by um, another male cop and they start chasing her around the woods. Eventually, uh, Jamie King runs into Bruce Willis, who's like uh, vacationing in the cabin up there. I guess he lost his wife recently and so he's taking some time. He went in the woods to live deliberately. He really did. Um, And so he helps her keep uh, away from these cops. Um, The sheriff in town is corrupt as well, and he's helping with things. And it all ends with uh, Jamie King and Bruce Willis killing both cops and then eventually the sheriff. That's the movie. I I, I have one one correction to make. Okay. Bruce Willis didn't kill anybody. Jamie King was the most dangerous person in those woods. (laughs) Yep, that's true. That's not entirely he, he, untrue. There's a really great scene at the end of the movie where Bruce Willis has his gun on the cop, and the cop, and the, and the cop, and this is the smartest person ever in the history of film. It's like he's not really. He's like, I'm going to turn around and look straight at him, and if he shoots me, he's a cop. If he's not, he's full of shit. At which point, get my gun and shoot him. And I was like, huh, <laughs> wow, <Yeah. laughs> who knew? <laughs> All right, um, I've let Evan start off with these first two. I'm going to give Evan a break here and let you. Talk about Out of Death, Ronnie. <laughs> well, Out of Death. Um, bored to death. <laughs> okay, I've never really seen a movie where Bruce Willis delivers his lines like this. So, yeah, if you... <sighs> like me giving a plug? If you just go back to the cabin, I'll get my gun. 
<laughs> and yeah, you get your camera. And we'll we'll wrap this up and get yeah, before lunch. It it does does it not feel like the director was either like afraid to direct Bruce Willis or his actual direction was you know how you're like old and tired, Bruce? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want from you. It, that's exactly what it was. And like uh, you know, Bruce Willis tried to crack a smile, and it was one of the most god awful things I've ever seen in my life because it was just like, why are you trying? What are you doing? stop you know it was like you're you're it looks like you're trying to act his and you can't his performance comes across like the director is actually a 12 year old child whose dad got bruce willis to show up at his birthday yeah and his birthday yeah. was filming a movie who, why are you so why who did you bring someone's wedding <laughs> are you yeah. are you related to somebody in this movie is that why you're doing it i, I mean that's all i need to know um because you act like you are the most miserable person on the planet while doing this, but they're giving you a paycheck for it. His performance One comes would across like Elmer Fudd getting the letter from Uncle Louie that he gets a million dollars if he doesn't mistreat Bugs Bunny. That's right. Not- <laughs> wow, where did you get that? <laughs> Elmer, in, 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 this, in my mind, Bruce Willis is Elmer Fudd. Like, uh, well, yeah. What anyway, links these not, three movies not, together? Uh, Bugs Bunny off. references. <laughs> that's going in the that's going in the description of the podcast tonight. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like I've never, you know, I I know he he's I know he needs some money, apparently, because he's done ten movies in the past year, mm. and they've all been this this you know. Again, um, I don't think he does. I, was, I think I was talking to Evan before you came on tonight. I don't think Bruce Willis is doing these because he needs one. That's Nicolas Cage. I've been, as I've been told. Oh, absolutely. But, um, but I think Bruce Willis is just like, I. What is life without meaning and something to do? And what I do is act. And so I'll just take any stupid picture that comes along because I don't care if it makes money and it gives me something too to do. Highly of himself to do that. But he thinks what? far too highly of himself to just just Go just ahead, do Evan. anything. But, but, but come on, Ronnie, if someone was like, hey, we will cut you a six-figure check to come in for, I was saying a couple of days, but as Mark just found out through the magic of the internet, literally one day of work <laughs> to play some version of yourself, would you turn him down? This is a man that was kicked out of the Expendables because he wanted to do, he wanted three million, like they offered him $3 million to do, what, two days of work, and he wanted $4 million. And they were like, kick rocks barefoot, Bruce. Okay, but we'll get that's else. the Expendables, a, a movie that's probably going to make money. This is Out of Death, a movie that's given away in like a, a McDonald's Happy Meal. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a really good one. <laughs> this is the, the second movie like this that, that I've seen Bruce Willis in. Uh, and no, again, look at IMDb. You can find I, a million of them. I, I, I know, but I mean, th- this, this was eerily. Because I, I was I was looking for a movie on Hulu, and I found this movie called Trauma Center, and it's like, okay, a young woman is trapped in a hospital with two killers after the only piece of evidence that can link them to a murder: the bullet lodged in her leg. And I'm like, okay, that's as as an elevator pitch goes. I mean that that would that would get you 150k and an eight ball of coke from No Pants Productions, right? No, <laughs> I love that we're running with this. So that's right, um, 75k right, right there. So 2021. I'm gonna read you his his filmography just from 2021. I was getting ready to do that. Okay, so Cosmic Sin, right? Um, which is him and Frank Grill, the other like straight to video fucking extraordinaire. 
uh, Out of Death, which we're talking about now. Midnight in the Switchgrass. Uh, yeah, survive, that doesn't sound promising. Survive the game. Uh, Apex. Deadlock. And Fortress. Hair of the dog. Not on his i not on his uh wikipedia that i can see i'm looking at hey, imdb um i just like to point out on imdb that fortress 2 is in post-production and fortress 3 is in pre-production so there's a column here with the um with these movies on his wikipedia page uh-huh. that says whether or not they're direct to video oh wow since 2014 he's been in one two three four five Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen direct-to-video movies. This dude does direct-to-video movies. Like my dad used to go in and sell a car on the weekends, right when he retired. But like your whole con- and this is why I'm mad at you now, Ronnie, because you're like Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is too good for this. Bruce Willis thinks too highly of himself. Bruce Willis clearly doesn't give a fuck, or he wouldn't be doing any of those movies. I okay, so I don't understand it though. He does think too highly what, of himself. What is so hard to you understand look, about this? You look okay. You look at how he treats others. I mean, look at Kevin Smith's story when he was directing Cop. Oh my God! He here we go absolute... again with poor Kevin Smith. I will ruined, punch you who in the jejunum. Who ruined He Man and made Pat Mullen sad? <laughs> I don't give a crap about Pat Mullen right now. Pat, I love you, but He Man wasn't that bad. I, I, um, I like He Man. Oh God, no, not again. <laughs> anyway, you knew what you were doing. <laughs> I mean, like, and I enjoy the the this. I mean, it was it was sad to hear that Bruce Willis is that much of a dick, but like, yeah, he is. He he treats people poorly. There's there's reports of it all over, you know, the internet <coughs> of how much that of a jerk he is on fruit. set. And then, <laughs> hang on, I'll do. Ronnie's face just made this sound. God, we're not only streaming, but we're doing, we're doing, yeah, this is voice too. Yeah, so, I, could, I, I could actually see your eyes cross when I said that. It was great. So oh, anyway. Why, why did I resist video for so long? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but anyway, it, 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 it just blows my mind that he's, he's doing this schlock for, for why though? Does he owe D- Demise some money? The, I mean, like what's going on with, you know, like he's a he's a decent actor. He doesn't have to do this unless he just wants the money. You know, I have to build a summer home. Let's do out of breath or whatever it is. Out of death. <laughs> out of See, here I, I, no, I will say a, this. That's probably what he says. <laughs> I'm completely aware of what it's called. He's not, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, but I, I I I will say, yeah, I I was I was disappointed with this. But there were little hints where there like could have been potential. But I mean, just just the you know, I I picked it out of the ones you sent me, Mark. I just looked at the synopsis real quick, and I'm like, okay, woman going to a you know scatter her father's ashes, witnesses a murder. Okay, yeah, I, I maybe you could do something with that. I was really hoping that the climax of the movie would be someone shooting at her and her father's urn deflecting the bullet. But <laughs> but that was not to be. <laughs> But like the 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 scene that I that I like the 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 scene that it, or the the aspect that impressed me was like okay you've got the 
you know, the, the deputy that, that kills the drug dealer, you know, the, you know, the, she was probably really popular in high school and then never left the small town or whatever. And, you know, and then she gets stabbed by Jamie King, who's the most dangerous person in this movie by far. And, uh, and, and she's like in danger of dying. And, and, you know, Tommy, the, you know, the Roscoe P. Coltrane analog here is like, uh, oh man, she's got a kid. And, you know, I'm like, like, oh yeah. So, so, you know, she has this kid she cares about and, you know, so what, what, what goes into her head as she's doing all this stuff? And I'm like, that, that could have been interesting, but that didn't happen. Well, okay. First of all, I got pissed when I saw Jamie King was in this. Who the fuck is Jamie King? Yeah, exactly. Uh, she was in Bulletproof Monk and Sin City and other movies. Right, she's been in a lot of things. Right, I, I don't like. Oh my her gosh, she's coming out with a movie called How to Cook Your Daughter. I don't like her <laughs> as an actor. I'm not available for that podcast. <laughs> okay, apparently so, I'm not so, available for this one. <laughs> I, I was... Hang on. So, so the two most recent things she's been in of note were were the two Escape Plan movies. Is that with Sylvester Stallone? Yes. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I don't like her. The last thing I actually kind of enjoyed her in was Sin City. And then she didn't have much of a speaking role in that. Um, I, I, I don't think she's a very talented person uh, as far as acting goes, whatever. That's just me. I have this weird thing about her. I just don't like her. Um, there was nothing for me. There was nothing redeeming about this movie. There was nothing redeeming. I watched, uh, I watched prisoners of the ghost land. Then I watched this one and I said, Mark, right? Mark, Mark, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> you have volunteered for this. When did I know? Yeah. No, I don't remember that. Um, uh, I do, Jason. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, but I, I was just like, this is terrible. And then I watched the other, you know, I watched the, the I watched Chloe and she did great. And I was like, okay, that was the, that's better. I mean, redeeming. I don't have to fly to Florida now. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but like this, there was nothing to me, there was nothing redeeming about this movie. This was just something that Bruce yawned through. Like legitimately, I didn't. I'm so surprised I didn't see him yawn physically in this movie multiple times because I did. Um, and then you know, it, it was just it was predictable. It was terrible. It wasn't even that good of an action movie to me. And it was just one of those things where I was like, "Gosh, why is this? Why was this made? Why?" I told you I was. It was I was channeling you know my inner hatred for this, and it, it, it's just like this gives movies a bad name <laughs> all movies ever made if you wanted to hate anything hate this this is a terrible 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 waste of time and right. bruce willis should be ashamed of himself oh stop the uh, i could have i could have used nicholas cage as the sheriff in this yeah that would have made like, it better because like the the dude playing the sheriff i mean i i needed somebody like chewing scenery all over the place um, not just, uh, you know, not like this, you know, near comatose country. I think I'm cool. Uh, yeah. 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 We, we, we needed somebody to get to go, to go overboard with that. That's the most negative I've been 
about a movie in a long, long time. Other than the Fantastic Four remake. And uh, I don't know, and I, 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 maybe it's just piling on, but did you notice how terrible everybody was at hiding in this movie? Yes! It's like, like okay, let's hide the body. Okay, we're going to put it under the truck, we're going to park it right off the road, and then I'm going to put a campaign sign right next to it, just in case somebody is not looking directly at the truck. Well, okay, Jamie King comes, comes you know, hiking around the corner, and she sees the, you know, the, she hears them talking loudly in the truck about, about drugs, and then so she pulls out a camera and sneaks around the trail, full body out, no matter, you know, just like, and she puts this gigantic Hubble telescope of a camera up to her face <laughs> and starts to, you know, clack, 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 you know, and recording. Which and was not, like, not, which was not audible on the video she apparently took at the same time. Right. And then she's like, and then they're like, it's almost like the, the guards in Skyrim. Oh, what was that? You know, they have an arrow in their head and they're like, oh, it must be the wind. And they turn around and like, but, you know, they didn't see this woman standing in the road taking, you know, video of them. And then all of a sudden, then they do see her after they, you know, she shoots the guy in the head because I, I don't remember. Maybe she made an audible gasp and then materialized and onto, you know, became, you know, onto the, you know, back from the astral plane or wherever she was. And it was just like at that point, I was like, "Yeah, I'm done." <laughs> it was just, it was just so bad, so bad. I, I, I do, I do think the movie should have been called um, as as Tommy and Billy were arguing about who would shoot her. I think it should have been called "No You Killer." I think that would have been a better title than than Out of Death. <laughs> yeah, that would have been better. Yeah, this was not great. I do love a good zero on on Rotten Tomatoes though. <sighs> Man. I I think one one of the on trials I made Sean do was uh, Ballistic X versus Severn because I wanted to know what was the what was the lowest rated movie like what had the most reviews and still a zero and that was it uh, we have to talk about this movie um, and Out of Death uh, only has ten as near as I, from what the Wikipedia tells me so it doesn't quite qualify for what I was looking for but it's still bad it's still it's not like. There are certain movies I can I'll leave to the defense of and say like well this this saves it like again this was this, okay. this is like here's the thing I don't want to call it student film bad because like they're at least trying how this dare you insult the students like that well that's the thing like this doesn't feel as competent as a student film no. this is more this is more like one of those ash can deals like somebody actually wrote, uh, we let we got a comment we got a comment. On something besides a Japanese girl band, we got a comment on. Um, <laughs> I really should call this baby passive, metal. I really should call this the passive aggressive net- network. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. All my snarky insider comments. Anyway, uh, we got a comment on the Resident Evil um, Welcome to Raccoon City review that we did, and somebody made a point of saying, "Here's the one critical either. element of your review that you guys are missing. This was an ash can movie." This was made so that the studio could retain the rights to welcome to, rec- yeah. to, to Resident Evil. That's why it's so bad. That's why it was rushed. That's why it's bad. They did the best they could with it, but it was just meant to keep the, the franchise. It was rough. It was so out, rough. out of Death feels like a movie that feels like an Ashcan movie. Like they just made it to retain the rights to whatever this IP was, except that it's not based on anything. What IP? This was That's the most maybe, generic story ever. Maybe they had a movie a month deal with Bruce Willis. 
<laughs> he certainly made it. It's like that one. old CD club that you used to join. <laughs> Columbia CD House. Penny. Yeah, <laughs> Columbia House. It's it's Will's house. You get ten Will's movies for a penny. <laughs> like, yeah, he's on like retainer for this like one studio where he's just, like he has to make ten movies a month in order to honor his contract. I'm I'm really exposed that myself he signed while he here. was on an eight ball of coke. Go ahead. And 150K. <laughs> um, I'm really uh, y'all were talking about you know how you used to make movies as kids. So we did that a lot, and yeah. my friends made a movie and legitimately called West Virginia Greg, where my friend Greg dressed up like in Jones, used a, a I'm pretty sure it was either a regular or a, a jump rope for a whip, and uh, it was terrible. It was so good. <laughs> It was so bad it was good you know it was one of those things where like uh my friend jared used the high-pitched voice to be the bad guys like oh you know, you know like warbly voice and it was it that, shut up um it <laughs> i would choose that I, a thousand times to show in a theater before this okay All i'm right. serious I, I don't know how many more ways we can say the movie is bad let's 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 close up i liked it better than trauma center I've not trauma. seen trauma Center. Yeah, what is don't, that? Just, just don't. Okay. okay, I believe you. And and Mark, don't. I don't get to do this often. I don't do this often, so don't cut me off. Okay, an hour and a half ago, you were complaining that I gave you too many assignments, and now you're like, I don't get on here enough. I'm Jason Beasley. I don't. Com- <laughs> I will slap a dog snot out of you. I said I don't complain that much on here. I'm just I happy to be do here. You a fate. Thank you, Evan. I try to do you a favor, Radulich, and, and this is how you treat me. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, at least I at least I didn't offer your charcuterie up to random strangers on the internet, like I did. You had it before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for those of you interested in Ronnie's charcuterie, you. I mean, listen to any random. <laughs> Random source material in the past. If you would like to, I, eat, <laughs> you if you would like to swallow Ronnie Shakuri whole, oh, please send all all mail to sgarmer at gmail dot com. <laughs> I, I uh, have I have I done it? Have I hit the bingo? <laughs> have I made all the jokes that we make in the chat? It's a bingo. <laughs> what and you, oh smiley? I got. I'm trying to get you on more comic strips, man. For me. No, are you smiley? No, I'm talking to Mr. Evan Bevins over there. He's like, I'm trying to get on more podcasts. I'm like, I keep offering you gigs. No, no, no. I, I said I'm happy to be here. I, I wasn't complaining. Okay. No, I got we got a what what uh I kill giants. Yep, we got I kill two giants guns. coming up. Two okay. guns. School um, girl volumes one to infinity. That's nobody. You and Jesse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, what do you call it? Logan's run. Which I <laughs> Logan's run had to be the funniest negotiation for a podcast because poor Evan doesn't want to put anybody out. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, Evan. Just tell me when you're available. <laughs> he's like, he's like, well, when my kids go to bed, but I don't want to keep you guys waiting. I'm like, all right, Evan, shut up already. We'll do it at 10 o'clock. It's fine. <laughs> hey, hey, Ronnie, you don't have any yeah. copies of uh, Logan's run drawn by George Perez, do you? No. <laughs> what a weird ask. <laughs> all right. That uh, is. Uh... What if that's, as a matter of fact, and it's pulled it out, like, <laughs> right <it> here? <laughs> well, folks, that is this edition of uh, Progressive Conservatism. We thank you for, <laughs> we thank you for being here, uh, enjoying these films with us. I have a wonderful time. You guys were great. We have to do this. We have to just the three of us hang out again yes. and talk shitty movies. Absolutely. Um, whatever, whatever Evan's pulling out of the red box these days, uh, that's what we'll do. Hey, when, hey, when Shadow in the Cloud 2 comes out. 
<laughs> I got one right here. It's called Snake Hole. It's what got was Bruce the, Willis. What was the Christmas one you picked that I shot down because we'd already done those movies? It oh, was it like, was it was the uh, I think it was the Mel Gibson triple feature. No, 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 no. It was Iron Man three because that takes place at Christmas. Time. Iron Man three, Batman two. Oh, Batman Returns, and then uh, probably Fat Man. But but we did a triple feature with Fat Man. I was gonna say I feel like there was another superhero movie that took place. Fat at Man Christmas was such time. a good movie. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I just immediately shot it down because I'm a jerk. And I was no, like, it's okay. Hey, <laughs> man, we, we 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 did Fat Man. I got to watch In Bruges again. Yep. I got to not love the ref as much as everybody else, even though I <laughs> even though I thought it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, let's start with you, Evan. <laughs> Go ahead and do your plugs. Uh, Asterisk51.blogspot.com. You can uh, hear me uh, or read me ramble uh, more about movies like this and uh, important comic book milestones like the time Black Widow found an Infinity Stone in the toilet or the time Spider-Man taught the Beyonder how to use the bath. Write a lot about toilets. Hmm. How about the time that Howard the Duck had an Infinity Gauntlet with two dancing stones? Oh, the Abundant Glove. Yes. Yeah, put put that one on the schedule. Okay, twenty twenty seven or something. That, that's a comic book. Talk to Jesse. Oh, not up twenty thirty. Okay. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. the The abundant glove is is wonderful. Um, yeah. You can also check out a, a couple issues of a web comic I wrote. A, a support group. It's about a support group for people with lame superpowers. In case your origin doesn't go the way they show it in the comics, uh, you can find that on webtoons. All right, nice. Ronnie Adams of the Screaming Boy Podcast. I used to have a show called Screaming Boy Podcast. We now have a stream called Misfits and Miscreants. Uh, if you're watching on my show right now, Misfits and Miscreants on my channel, why don't you go over to W2M Network and give them a follow because that's where we're actually live on. Uh, that's where this show happens all the time. That's where you see Mark's lovely, glorious head all the time. Uh, but... Uh, Misfits and Miscreants, what, what is it about, you say? It is, we have a live Dungeons & Dragons stream every other Saturday, which is this Saturday coming up, where we're playing uh, Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frostmaiden. Um, it's a long-standing campaign that we are uh, having a blast doing. I took a little bit of time off during Christmas, now we're back. Uh, we will be, we'll be coming back Saturday. Um, there are more things in the works I've solidified now. We're going to be doing streaming some Magic the Gathering content and some other board games, things like that, throughout the week. If I can get a day off uh, from podcasting, no, I'm not complaining. I'm just teasing. By this, I'm teasing. By the way, uh, I enjoy doing this, and you know that. But uh, but no, we got some other content coming up. A lot of tabletop stuff. And in the meantime, if you're not seeing tabletop stuff, or I'm not doing this, you get to watch my big old head uh, uh, play some video games while I'm streaming. So I've uh, been playing Halo and Call of Duty and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, just keep uh, give us a follow. Keep in, you know if you like the tabletop community, give us a follow, uh, and we'll keep you in touch with everything. Uh, with that, this March I'll be going up to Gary Con in Wisconsin, which is like the mecca for the D and D and war gaming um, celebration of Gary Gygax's life, the co-creator of Dungeons and Dragons. I'll be streaming from up there as well. Uh, if you've enjoyed Ronnie, and who doesn't enjoy Ronnie Chakudari? 
Um, he'll be on a TV party for The Witcher season two with like 900 other people. Mm-hmm. Um, him, he will be talking to Robert Winfrey and I about Scream Five. That's yet another one where I have to shut the door behind me and let nobody else in, not nobody, not know how. And so everyone else was kicked into a round table for that. Uh, but you will hear Ronnie Adams talk one of his favorite franchises, Scream. Gosh, just my favorite fan- franchise. Uh, Ronnie Adams, uh, Al Sedano, and I will be talking Hawkeye. And then Ronnie and I will be back for a triple feature January 24th. We'll be doing Licorice Pizza, Power of the Dog, which I've heard is phenomenal, and yep. Top Shop. Um, I'm glad then- you... I, I feel bad because I, I remember... I don't ever uh, plug my stuff I do on here. I'm glad you did that. Sure. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm not too certain about Licorice Pizza, but I did it for you. I'm doing it for you. All right. I have um, The guys that I did the podcast tonight, uh, movie... Um, movies that don't suck and, two, and some that do uh, they were like yeah we're not touching licorice pizza with a 10 foot uh, camel prod and I'm like oh oh great uh, so but but it's like an Oscar nominee or a potential Oscar nominee so I guess we'll figure out what all the hubbub's about uh, and then finally to close out January myself and Ronnie Adams of the Screaming Boy podcast will be doing Wheel of Time season one Evan Bevins who doesn't love Evan Bevins Chikudri or no Chikudri what the fuck um, it just, <laughs> uh, he'll be on our Logan's Run comic strip that we're doing for the Superblog team up for George Perez, and um, eventually we'll have more stuff. I, for whatever reason, I must not have entered your name in some of the stuff on the calendar. Um, one more I know time. Jesse and I have a source material on Daredevil. Uh, yes, coming up this, this Sunday. No fear, uh, Chip Zdarsky. Um, ah, here we go. Good book. Yes. Okay. This time it works. Uh, so yeah, Evan Bevins will be joining. Will be with um, Jesse Starcher. They'll be reviewing Daredevil Volume One. Chip Zdarsky, No Fear. This Sunday, uh, he'll be on the Logan's Run comic strip. Um, in theory, he will be joining us on a football-related uh, triple feature for National Champions, American Underdog, and We Are Marshall. And then him and the returning Andrew Graham. He'll be coming back from his own child exodus. Uh, we'll be reviewing the entire entirety of Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe Revelations on February 20th. So, um, plus some, he's we're doing some more comic strips and whatever else I can get Evan to uh, commit to. As many comic strips as I can. That's the plan. Hmm. Uh, in the meantime, this has been a very busy week. Uh, yesterday, we reviewed Bandmade Unseen World. It's doing really big numbers for us on YouTube, and only half of the people that have listened to it think I suck. Um, <laughs> we reviewed day one. Hey, let me check that one out. Uh, we reviewed day one on Tuesday, and then Don't Look Up and Being the Ricardos in the evening. Myself and Sean reviewed Titan, El Camino, and Christine, the strawberry girl, Christine. Uh, Jesse Starcher took all the losers I left off of uh, no, of Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, that's another one I shut the door behind me and said, nobody can get in. Nobody, not nobody, not know how. Uh, so all those people formed the, revolted and formed their own roundtable. So check that out. It was actually very well done. That's Evan Bevins, David Wright, Benjamin J. Cologne, and the aforementioned Jesse Starcher. Um, and speaking of Evan Bevins, him and I and Jesse reviewed Mark Russell's, uh, Ronnie Adams' favorite comic author, Mark Russell. Uh, he did billionaire. <laughs> he did billionaire island. You want to just do like Rob does and say, "Why do I lie to the people?" I just I can't. <laughs> so um, you say his name and I lose a little bit of will to live. 
Um, so one of Rob, Ronnie Adams's favorite books is The Flintstones by Mark Russell. Well, he I'm also did you, <laughs> Billionaire Island, which we reviewed, and then <sighs> the aforementioned Jason Teasley and I reviewed You Season Three. You Season Three. Um, uh, you you tonight. Myself and David Wright will be reviewing Lost in Space Season 3, a most excellent show. If you've never watched Lost in Space on Netflix, you really should. It's, it's outstanding. Um, I know it's not fucking Marvel or Star Wars, but if you could all get over that for just five minutes, Lost in Space is awesome. Oh, Definitely my gosh. Pull the bird out of your crack. <laughs> no. Bunch of man children. Um, you know, the comic book wise, Star Wars is Marvel, so... Uh, um, and then it, 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 <laughs> Saturday is all Disney. So uh, the fastest rising star in the Rattles and Broadcasting Network, my son Jonas, and I will be doing a comic strip for uh, Monster on a Hill and Rumble, currently airing exclusively on Paramount Plus. All right, that's it. I promise to hit the right theme this time, maybe uh, for Evan Bevins and Ronnie Adams of the Screaming Boy Mark Russell podcast. I'm Mark Rattles. <laughs> I'm gonna be flip well. you up so bad. <laughs> be well, be safe, and behave.